This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Table here, just briefly, real quick. Again, if you need a Bible, get your hand up. Uh, remember this this Wednesday night that the men of iron, the, the praise and worship team will be leading worship, so I welcome you to that. The men of iron kicks off on Thursday. But next Sunday, don't miss, uh, Manny Arango will be with us in person in both services. So be sure and make your, yourself available for that. You don't want to miss it. Okay, we go here to the book of 1 Peter 1, and we've gone on this series, The Call, and we're all called, but what happens in our life? Many times we feel insignificant, inadequate, and sometimes, maybe this will define you right now, it just seems like right now in my life, I, I, I get in this cul-de-sac of life and, and I can't get out. I, I can't get over the hump. And some days you may feel like a, a test crash dummy. You say, that's me today, pastor. I'm a test crash dummy. God has plans for you, okay? And this is just another area of the call that we're gonna hit. So get ready to take good notes. We begin in 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse number three, blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy. Now, God is the God of abundant mercy. One translation says significant. One translation says extravagant mercy. Remember, mercy means I don't get what I deserve. And so why do I need mercy new every day? Because he used it all up yesterday. I welcome the mercy of God. So right here, God is the author of mercy to every one of us. And he ends this verse and he says, has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. So he he gives us a living hope. You know how he does that? You get born again. What does that mean? You give your heart to the Lord Jesus. and, And when I get born again, on the inside of me comes a living hope that God has purpose for every one of us. And my purpose is not just I live on this earth 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years, but I live with this, this kingdom significance. And so he wants to grace us with this living hope. Verse four, to an inheritance. Now, when you get born again, You have an inheritance. You know, if you knew right now you were getting ready to get an inheritance, wouldn't you want to know that's what what it is? Sure we would. And so every one of us that when we give our heart to Jesus, we have an inheritance. And so he said here, an inheritance that's incorruptible and undefiled and, and does not fade away. In other words, it, it doesn't perish. It never becomes defiled. It never diminishes. It, it's a promise that's preserved forever is what he's talking about. And he said, it does not fade away. It's reserved in heaven for you. Now, this is part of my inheritance. Now, I don't know if you've ever gone somewhere, let's say to a hotel or to a restaurant, and you made a reservation. And you get to the hotel and, and you go up to the front desk and, and you tell them your name and they look at you and say, 
I have no record of you having a reservation here. And you go to a restaurant, and this may happen to you today, and you go in there and you tell them, I, I, my name is this, and they look and say, we have no record of you being in here. The reason I highlight it is that won't happen in heaven, okay? Your name is forever registered in heaven. It is written in the Lamb's book of life. And so this is what it's talking about, but we must connect the dots here this morning. You gotta get born again. You gotta give your heart to Jesus for that to take place. Verse number five. Who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Now, my, my salvation and your salvation is not based, based on what I did, not what you did. If you think you're gonna try to get where, where you're worthy, that's not gonna happen. It's by our faith in what the Lord Jesus did. Verse six, in this salvation, that your name's registered in heaven, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, difficulties, struggles, griefs, sorrows, pains. And, and none of us are exempt from any of these. And it's interesting, he says, for a little while, you may experience some of these trials, some heartache. And I believe the reason it says a little while, when you're young, you don't think about this. You remember when you're young, it seemed like summer vacation never came. I mean, it's like you waited, waited, waited. Now, life is a sprint. Life is very fast, especially compared to eternity. And he's warning us that right now, as long as you're on this earth, you're gonna face some junk. Anybody in here facing some junk right now? Got good news for you today. Verse seven, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold. Now, I don't know if you've ever looked at your faith that way, but it's interesting, the Bible says the genuineness of your faith is more, much precious than gold. Now, I'm gonna highlight gold here in a minute. It's gonna come back to play in another verse, but he says that perishes though it's tested by fire, may be found to praise, glory, and honor of the revelation of Jesus Christ. So your, your faith is gonna be tested. Your faith is gonna be, be refined. And it's for me to grow. It's for me to mature. It's for me to get stronger in the things of God. And so every one of us is gonna take place. Same chapter, turn with me to verse 18. knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things. Now the word redeemed means repurchased. You, you were bought back. And it's interesting that Peter says, not with incorruptible or not with corruptible things like silver and gold. Now when we talk about silver and gold, Silver and gold are some of our most precious resources. Some of our most precious commodities that you can ever buy. And, and when you go to buy silver and gold, you don't pull up and say, hey, fill the back of my truck up with that. 
You don't buy silver and gold by the pound. You buy silver and gold by the ounce. And it's one of our most precious metals we can have or buy. But it's interesting, he said, you weren't redeemed with, with silver and gold. So what do you go on to say? From your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Jesus. That's what we were redeemed with. The, the precious blood of the lamb. Never forget, guys, there was a price that was paid for your redemption. And it's very important that we live under the blood day by day. The only way that there's a remission of sin is through the shedding of the blood. Repent daily. Ask Jesus to wash you and cleanse you. Revelations 12, 11 says, we overcome by the blood of the lamb. Live under the blood. So we begin to get an idea a little bit here. Just there was a price paid for us and what it means to, to walk in salvation, to have your name eternally registered in heaven. Now, turn back with me to the book of Luke chapter four. Luke chapter four, and when we get to this passage, this is a passage that Jesus had been tempted by the devil for 40 days and nights. He's come back from being tempted. And in this is an incredible prophetic utterance, actually, we're reading in Luke 4, but it's a highlight of Isaiah 61. And so I want you to begin here because this all starts with salvation. But watch this Simon of Jesus, verse 16. So Jesus came to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. And his, as his custom was, he went into the synagogue or the church on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. Now I want you to highlight that because church was a big deal to Jesus. It was a big deal to Jesus back then, and it's still a big deal to Jesus. And so, note, he goes into the church, which was his custom, which was his rhythm, which was his routine. So you know what this tells me? Jesus made it a habit of going to church. Wow. Maybe we ought to take some advice from Jesus today. Verse 17. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. When he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Now, what you begin to see here is the Lord Jesus is proclaiming himself as the Messiah, as the Son of God, right here. And not only is he revealing he's the Messiah, he, he defines his mission, what he came to earth for. Verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now you got to highlight that. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is what the Lord Jesus said. So the Lord Jesus right there, he tells us the importance and the significance of the Holy Spirit in his life. In other words, his mission was through the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't overlook the Holy Spirit, okay? And so the spirit of the Lord, he said, was upon me because he. Now note he describes the Holy Spirit as a he. He doesn't say an it. You know the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead? He's real. He's alive. And it's interesting it says, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. The very first assignment that the Lord Jesus said is I've been anointed to preach the word of God. 
I believe when he says this, you know what he's telling us? Now remember, he's at the church. And so within the church, the word of God is non-negotiable. I, I gotta get the word of God. You've gotta get the word of God, okay? I, I don't care who you are. I don't do you any good by teaching you my opinions and the philosophies of men. The only thing that sets people free is the word of God. To help you with it just a little bit. Lord Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So when we live by the analogy that our physical man, how many of you eat three meals a day in here? Raise your hand. If you're not raising your hand, you're lying, okay? Raise your hand. See, I, I make a habit to feed my physical man daily. But I feed my spirit man one cold snack a week, and I wonder why I'm spiritually malnourished. So if I read into this correctly, when I eat food physically, you know what that food does for me? It gives me energy. It gives me the protein. It gives me the nutrients. It gives me everything to sustain this physical body. But what about in the spiritual man? If I'm not getting the word of God, whoo, I'm not doing good. So Jesus is highlighting the word here. Then he goes on to say, and he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Now it's interesting to me here that he says he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. People's lives, their hearts have been shattered by loss, by disappointment, by grief, by pain. And it's interesting, the Lord Jesus said right here, I, I wanna put every piece of your broken heart back together. And think about something just for a second. The Lord Jesus just revealed his desires to heal our broken hearts. He saves us. And part of your inheritance and my inheritance, he wants to heal your broken heart. He wants to heal your bruised heart. Now, if I was in here this morning and I had my sleeves raised up and I had a, a, a big bruise on my arm, most of you would notice that physically. How, how do you know that someone's body is bruised physically? It, it has swelling or it is discolored. And if we all came in here today and we had sleeves rolled up and we could see the bruises, we would know, ooh, his arm is bruised. Her, her arm is bruised. But spiritually, we can come in here Sunday after Sunday and your heart be bruised. Your heart be broken. And guess what? None of us would possibly even notice it because it's on the inside. But let me tell you something. Jesus notices. Jesus sees your broken heart. And he said, I want to heal your broken heart. I want to put the pieces back together. He goes on to say at the end of verse 18, to proclaim liberty. The word liberty means freedom. To proclaim freedom to the captives. If I'm bound by something, if I'm dominated by something, don't raise your hand on this, but do you need to be set free from something today? Can I tell you, the Lord Jesus is still in the business of setting folk free. To set at liberty those who are oppressed, to heal the blind, and then he says to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, his favor. 
So if you want to go back and you want to look at your inheritance package, when you give your heart to Jesus, he still heals the brokenhearted. He still sets the captives free. He still heals the blind eyes, which is the physical body. And he still wants to put his favor on you. Now, this was Jesus' heart's desire. And so not only was this Jesus' mission, this is the same mission that he told the disciples, do the same thing. And not only did he tell the disciples to do the same thing, he tells the church that today. This is our mission, that the Holy Spirit will anoint you to fulfill the kingdom callings. Every one of us in here. Now, go with me into the Old Testament, to the book of First Chronicles chapter 4. First Chronicles chapter 4. And when we talk about, and that's way back or the start of the Old Testament, you go the kings, or the Samuels, the kings, and the chronicles. But when we talk about spiritual freedom, spiritual freedom isn't the absence of, of boundaries. When I talk about spiritual freedom, I've, I've got to live within the boundaries. Well, who sets the boundaries? God does. God set every boundary, but oftentimes because of our choices, our disobedience, and our irresponsibilities, they have a powerful influence on where we're at in life. And, and they can cause pain to every one of us when I get outside of those boundaries. So I gotta live within the boundaries, the perimeters that God puts on me. Now, we go to the book of 1 Chronicles 4, and if we were to read the first nine chapters of 1 Chronicles it would say stuff like this. And then Jack begot Larry, and Larry begot Sally, and Sally begot, and begot, and begot, and begot. Nine chapters of names, name after name after name. And if you read those long enough, you're gonna go to sleep. Now, they will put you to sleep. If you need a nap this afternoon, just read the first nine chapters of Chronicles, okay? What this is highlighting is the nation of Israel was formed by 12 tribes, the 12 sons of Jacob. You know, when I was in Israel a few years ago, I, I would get around the Jewish people. And I'd say, hey, does, does the 12 tribes of Israel, does that still exist? And I remember asking my guide that one day, and he looked at me like, what kind of stupid are you? Why, why would you... Yes, the 12 tribes of Israel are eternal. Now in my office, I have a map of how they're separated all through Israel right now. So when we get to 1 Chronicles 4, this is of the tribe of Judah. This is the bloodline of Judah. So when I say a tribe, the Bible highlights this is the bloodline. Do you know one of the, the greatest people to ever come out of the, the, the tribe of Judah was a Messiah named Jesus. Where's that, Pastor? Revelations 5, 5. He's from the Lion of the tribe of Judah. So here in 1 Chronicles, we're coming to the bloodline of Judah. And we're reading name after name after name. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit interrupts all these names with two verses. Just two verses. Now you can breathe. This is where we're going to be the rest of the morning. We'll be here probably another two hours, okay? So just 
Just kidding. Blessed are the short-winded, for they are invited back. Verse 9. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. So we're going to highlight this guy named Jabez. I don't know how many brothers he has, but it's plural. The word says he was more honorable than his brothers. He was more distinguished than his brothers. He stood out above his brothers. So the word honorable here that it's talking about, it literally means it's characterized by character and integrity. Now maybe you've never heard this. Your talent will get you there, but only your character and integrity will keep you there. Man, I, I've got to develop some kingdom character and some kingdom integrity. So this guy right here, the Bible's very clear. He's more honorable than his brothers. We keep reading. And his mother called his name Jabez saying, because I bore him in prayer. And so when you look at this, the word Jabez, the name literally means he will cause pain. The message translation says, oh, the pain. Now, if you've never studied the Hebrews or the Jewish lineage, a name had incredible significance and meaning. In other words, they just didn't name a child because the name sounded cool. They knew that the name not only had spiritual meaning, but usually it was tied to prophetic meaning. And if you want to study that, you can look at the guy's name was Abram, who became Abraham. And so just think about this. That every time Jabez would go somewhere, he would go to school and someone would say, hey, Jabez, you know what they were literally saying? Hey, you who will cause pain. Now, how would you like to live your whole life with that label, with that identity? He shows up to work and they say, hey, Jabez, hey, he who will cause pain. And so I, I study a few years ago, and it says the number one reason a child will fail is because of the words that are spoken over him or her. Let me give you some illustrations. Hey, stupid. Hey, ignorant. Hey, lazy. Hey, worthless, hey, nobody. And so what begins to happen with the name, it begins to paint a picture on every one of us. You ever had a name that just tried to stick, that you couldn't get away from? See, sometimes in our life, we get labels on us that take place in our life before we give our heart to Jesus. Anybody ever had that? You're nothing but a drunk. You're nothing but a druggie. You're, you're, you're a nobody. You're a wannabe. And so now, just like Jabez, many times in our life, 
we have names that have become our identity. And when they become my identity, it makes me feel insignificant and it makes me feel inadequate. And what happens, instead of moving toward a call that God has me, this name has kept me bound in my past. And I may be speaking to you right now. And so this guy named Jabez right here, he could have very easily just settled for this and said, you know what? I'm not a candidate for blessing. I'm not a candidate to be successful. But when I begin to study his life here, something triggered this guy. Something set this guy off where he came to a place and said, you know what, I, I know what they used to call me, but my God changes everything when I give my heart to him. Now, take really good notes here, okay? I promise you, this is getting ready to minister to many of us. Verse 10. So Jabez called on the God of Israel. Now read that, read into that. Specifically, he called on the God of Israel. You know who that is? That's Yahweh. That's the great Jehovah. And there was something within him that triggered that said, I can call on the God of Israel. I can call on Yahweh. Psalm 50, 15, write that down. The Lord said, call on me in the day of trouble and I'll deliver you. So there's something that happened within this guy named Jabez that says, I'm gonna go to my heavenly father. I'm gonna call out to my God, my father, even when all hell's broke loose in my life. So he calls on the God of Israel. And he says, oh, that you would bless me indeed. Certainly, truly. Now it's interesting. He didn't say, Father God, just bless me. He said, Father God, bless me indeed. You know what that means? A lot. And sometimes we would read this and think, how dare him do that? But when I look at this, in the midst of all these extended genealogies, the Holy Spirit stopped to relate the prayer of this one man because Jabez's prayer right here points to the divine answer for all humans. Even in difficulty and even in years of pain. So when it says that he called on God and said, bless me indeed, you know what that literally means? He intercedes, which means he pleads with God for intervention. When's the last time you pleaded with God for intervention in your life? So he said, oh Lord, that you would bless me indeed. You would bless me indeed. And there's something else I want you to highlight in, in verse 10. If you got a pen or you're a note taker, just begin to mark the words me my and I, because every one of them referred to Jabez. He says, me, my, and I. So you know what? He gets very personal with God and God's okay with it. God's like, come on. But a couple other words I want you to see in verse 10 is the word you and your. 
So when he calls out to God, he's calling on God, but he's calling to God. He said, I gotta have you, Father God. So the very first thing he says, Lord, that you would bless me indeed. Is there anybody in here could say, I, I could use the Lord blessing me indeed. Okay, some of you didn't raise your hands. You're lying, okay? You're lying, quit that lying. Bless me indeed, number one. Number two, he said, bless me indeed, enlarge my territory. He asked God to enlarge his territory. You know what that means? Father God, I'm asking you to expand my borders, broaden my frontier, give me more influence and give me more opportunity. Now, maybe just right now in your life, you're very complacent. You're stale and you're stagnant. And when he said, would you enlarge my territory? You know what he's saying? Father God, stretch me, mature me. Cause me to get out of the boat and walk on the water. Is anybody in here like that? And I, I need God to stretch me, stir me, bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory and look at the third one. He said, Father God, that your hand would be upon me. You know what the hand of God is always symbolic of? Power. He said, Father God, I got to have your hand be upon me. I got to have your hand with me. I got to have the touch of the Almighty. I don't want to do anything in my life without your touch, without your hand being upon my life. In other words, I don't make it, Father God, without you. So you know what he's saying? You're my all, Father God. I, I got to have you. When? Day by day by day. Bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory. Your hand be upon me. Now look at the fourth one. And keep me from evil. And keep me from evil. See, many of us in here, we've prayed that. Keep me from evil. And you may not even known you were doing that. Where's that at? Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13. It's a place called the Lord's Prayer. Let me read it to you real quick. My Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done right here on earth as it is in heaven. Give me this day my daily bread and forgive me my trespasses. I forgive those who trespass against me. And verse 13, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. Wow. See, we, we've prayed that at times and we didn't even know we were praying. So literally, you know what that means? Lord, don't, don't let me get off track. Keep me on your highway. Keep me on your road. Do you know the thing I figured out years ago? When you're at the wrong place at the wrong time, nothing good ever happens from it. Woo, Father God. Keep me from the evil one. Can I help you with that? Let me, let me break you down with this. This is the Stormy Swamp paraphrased edition. Keep me from being stupid, God. Keep me from being stupid. Anybody in here have a, ever had a case of the stupid? You look, what was I thinking? Thank you for you once. You guys are getting better. You're not lying anymore. Thank you. But I want you to look, look how he ends this. 
that I may not cause pain. I don't want to cause pain. I don't want to inflict pain. I don't want to cause pain to me. I don't want to cause pain to other people. See, many times in our life, especially before we got born again, we've caused pain. Anybody in here ever caused pain? I caused bad pain. Ooh, my mom and dad are here. Golly, I caused them a lot of pain. They got a lot of wrinkles because of me. I've caused pain to my wife. You know what I said, Lord, I, I don't want to cause pain. I don't want to inflict pain to me anymore. See, people learn one of two ways. You either learn by wisdom or you learn the hard way. And when you learn the hard way, you're going to cause pain. I don't want to cause pain. See, pain doesn't have to be my identity anymore. And you want to see something incredible? Look how verse 10 ends. So God granted him what he requested. You know what that is? That's an OMG. Oh my gosh. And God granted him what he requested. Now, according to Acts 10, 34, it says that God is not a respecter of persons. So if God answered the prayer of Jabez, what about me and you? But Jabez just didn't pray this. I believe he began to hear about the God of Israel and he said, you know what? When, when men and women step out by faith and they have an expectation to pray, the God of Israel hears. I, I need to pray with an expectation. So if Jabez took us to the classroom of responsibility, you know what he'd tell every one of us? I can't make someone else responsible for my past. If you read his prayer, not one time did he blame anybody else. He didn't say that stupid mom of mine. My, my, my stupid brothers got me in this situation. Not one time. You know what that means? He took full responsibility for his choices and his actions. That's a man or a woman of God. Even when I come to a place of repentance in my life, Father God, I'm sorry I sinned, but I wouldn't have sinned if glory wouldn't have done that to me. Glory, you're capable of doing ugly things to me. I know that. I, know. I can't blame other people. The classroom of responsibility where I take full responsibility of my choices and all my mistakes even. You know what I found out about your past and my past? God will forgive you of it if you'll repent. I wanna give you a little, little illustration here that I believe will help you. This is a $1 American bill. It's not counterfeit. It's worth a hundred pennies. But this dollar bill goes through life, just like me and you. Someday this dollar bill, it's watered up. Some days this water, dollar bill gets spit on. 
dropped, stepped on. But at the end of the day, you know what still takes place? It's still worth a dollar bill. That's your life. I don't care who spit on you. I don't care who's walked on you. I don't care who's jumped on you, who's beaten you down. In God's eyes, you're still as valuable as you always were. I'm gonna ask you to stand on your feet there today. What would happen on this Sunday morning if we would ask God to redirect the course of our life? I wish I could change this or I wish I could change that. Yesterday's over. Tomorrow's not here. All I got is today. Just going to ask you to bow your head right there where you're at. Maybe you're here today. And you heard about the inheritance that Jesus gave us. That you were redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. just may be today you need to give your heart to Jesus maybe you need to rededicate today maybe you need to make a fresh stand and say you know what I've run from you Lord Jesus I'm, I'm ready to surrender see if that's you here today I'm going to ask you to do something really big and the reason I ask you to do something really big because Jesus asked you to do something really big. He said, if you'll acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before the Father. But if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before the Father. So if you're here today and you need to make a connection with Jesus, I ask you just to get out of your seat right now and make your way down here. We're going to celebrate you, okay? That you don't, do, do, do not leave earth without this gift, okay? If that's you, I welcome you here. Come on. Yeah, let's clap. Here they come. Wow. Yeah, come on. I, I, I don't care the scars on you. I, your values never changed. Woo, you were redeemed with the precious blood of the Lamb. For our prayer team, anybody's here on prayer teams, you come down and stand behind all these. Why don't you get a little closer? I, I have a hard time seeing with these lights on me, I can't see faces at all many times. What a day. <laughs> oh, happy day. Oh, happy day that Jesus took our sin away. Come on, come on, Ooh, come on. 
Wow. Come on, buddy. Come on. Come on. You're part of the house of God. We'll just ask everyone in the house, but you down here, okay? If you feel comfortable raising your hands to heaven just like this, all I'm doing is I'm putting my antennas up. I'm saying, Jesus, I'm, I'm coming on your frequency today. Now, I want you to say this with me. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I, I, I come to you as a sinner. Father God, I've made a mess of me. And I take full responsibility for my choices, my actions, my behaviors. And I ask you today to forgive me Forgive me of all my sin. And Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and be Lord of my life. I thank you today that you saved me. And today, my name is recorded in heaven forever. In Jesus' name. Come on, we got a shout on that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So we see here, Jesus loves to save people. But what about the rest of his assignment in Luke 4? I came to heal the brokenhearted. He's still into healing the brokenhearted. He's still in that business. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus, he doesn't change. He still sets the captives free. He still heals the blind eyes. And if you need a touch of favor, he still favors people. And so if you're here today and just maybe your life has been marked by pain, maybe you've caused pain or you've received pain and those labels and those identity, today it needs to stop. And so if that's you today, I welcome you to come down here and you know what, our prayer team's gonna be down here. We're gonna lay hands on you because that's biblically. We're gonna pray 3 John 2 above you that you would prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. And so make your way down here and watch what God's gonna do. Go ahead and sing, God. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.